This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey everybody, Carm Capriato, Town Hall Academy from Remarkable Results Radio. Good to have you here. We're talking network security, protecting your business. And if you don't think that will ever affect you, or do you think you're immune to anything, please stick around and get a great lesson from our peoples here. We've been at this thing for eight years now and over in the Automotive Aftermarket Radio Network, over a couple of thousand episodes here for your personal and business success as we always advance the aftermarket. I'd like to introduce you to my panel, with me is Chris Cloutier from Autoflow.com and Golden Rule Auto Care and Chris and Jay in the top corners. Guys, it was October of 2020 that we got together, just us three, and we did an episode on cybersecurity. So thank you for that. I, we should have done an episode once a year, shouldn't we have, Jay? I think it is because technology changes very quickly. So uh, it makes sense to update and just uh, stay focused as well. And that was Jay McCullovich from Revival Technology, LLC, and one of my smartest little geek guys that I know. And also with us is Stan Stokes from Iron Fist Consulting. Hello, Stan. Hello. Good to have you here. Look, we want to thank and give great high fives to our great sponsors who've been with us for such a long time here on the podcast. You know, stop imagining and start maximizing profits with the Parts GP Optimizer. Let the algorithm do the work while you enjoy the growth. GetShopware.com is the place where profitability meets simplicity for your automotive business. And with over 2,300 SKUs and 95% sales coverage on fuel pumps, Delphi has everything you need to replace your customer's fuel pump from OEM quality pumps, modules, GDI pumps, and fuel tank cleaning supplies to instructional videos. Talk to my friends and get started at DelphiAftermarket.com. Hey, Chris, I'm going to start with you because we love acronyms in our industry. Now, I remember we did a show recently on the changing language, but there's a new one, which would be so apropos to start this show out with. Thanks, Carm. 2FA. What does that mean? We hear this now. I heard it popping up in my 20 groups, Carm. Whenever I heard something popping up in 20 groups, I know it's starting to get out in the groundswell, and it's two-factor authentication. That just means that you have an extra way to authenticate other than a password. And why is all this important? I want to start our CARM by throwing out some statistics here. I was doing a little research reading up on uh, password hacking, especially when it comes to AI now, right? Chat GPT. So these guys, home security heroes, loaded this password generator, this AI password generator. And here was some of the statistics that came out of this CARM. 51% of common passwords can be cracked by this program in less than one minute, 51%. 65% of common passwords can be cracked in less than an hour, 71% less than a day, 81% more, little more tough passwords cracked in one, one month, right? So your passwords with this new AI, look, they're able to go scrape all these pieces and parts and build these profiles about you and, and do this brute force as well as your profile information. So two-factor authentication just adds a second layer, and that's that text message or that app that you have on your phone that generates some code that you put in just to make sure you authenticate. So I would say tip number one, everybody out there, go turn on 2FA. Yes, it's annoying, but I promise you, it's just one of those layers that you want to have in your life. Guys, what about the software packages that remember and when you sign on, it helps you sign on. Are those vulnerable? 
There is no perfect software. Just uh, there is a vulnerability just could be found in anything because it's all made by humans and humans are not perfect people. So that's what we have to consider. That's why just like uh, Chris brought this up, just you have to have multiple layers of security. Just imagine it's just like all medieval castle defense. You have a moat, you have a bridge, you have just uh, outside walls, then you have inner walls, you have just line defense and things like that. Well, others just compare like onions, you know, like you remember Shrek, you know, just peeling the layers, you know, and things like that. So I would say that's very important to have that on the top of everything, be ready for anything. So there's no perfect software and they're not because there are no perfect people. I love the analogy, guys, about the castle. That's good. I agree. Carmen, you know what? And Jay said it, right? It's something as simple as your front door. And you were talking about this a little bit. You know, it's the front door where most of them come in. And you said this. It's the email that comes in and it's about you. So you want to click that link or you want to download this thing because you think that it's legit. And that front door is where most of the vulnerabilities are. Just something as simple as email and your people opening email and it comes from inside, right? It's the Trojan horse. And that's the way that things really start cooking when it comes to some of these, some of these softwares you download without even any knowledge. Yeah, in the green room before we turned on, I was telling everyone that you see an email from what you believe is a favorite site or, and who knows, maybe you were doing some research online and this company just had to be in the mix and all of a sudden you get an email from someone that looks so damn legit and say, wow, they're getting back with me. This is so cool, so interesting. And there's an attachment that will take me to a receipt that I never ordered anything on or the fact that you can cancel any time. And you, so don't be lured in to Chris's point that uh, you're their next favorite son. Yeah, I agree on this. And just I want to add, because as we touch this topic, that all software could be hacked, okay, or could be exploited. And it's because it's done by people. And as us, we're the weakest link, to be honest with you, because we could be exploited, we could be social engineered. And that's typical a way how uh, hackers get on the network. That's the actually the easiest way it can be done. So you need to make sure just uh, you're aware of this and as well as just your employees aware of this because they have to, uh, you have to be trained and you to recognize if you're trained you you're not going to have any fear okay because when you drive your vehicle you know that just you have to just be cautious you have to look left and right you have to look in your mirrors the same thing just when you receive email or when you just operate just uh, you you're going to know those you know list of checklists right hey let me just look at that email just what's suspicious about it because Here's a scenario. Let's pretend that this is my black hat hacker. I'm going to pretend just I'm black hat hacker. Joe is owner of the of the shop. And I'm going to just say, okay, let me go get on the LinkedIn or let me find him on the social media because most of the people on the social media right now, let me just find what he likes, what kind of posts he makes and what all, also just connections he's got if we're talking about LinkedIn. And let me pretend Okay, I'll say just that he's a friend or he's got a connection on LinkedIn with David from, let's call it just from Texas. And let me just check David's profile. He's a business owner. He's, he's a part supplier, automotive supply, something. Let me send email to Joe, pretend that's from David, just uh, and I'm going to make a change in the website. It's going to be out of supply year, out of supplies, modify one little just uh, letter in the domain and send email from that domain and saying with attachments and hey just uh, Joe check out this is the new prices and new quotes 
and you're going to be amazed how much you can save. I'm being as Joe, just the operator, just of the business, like, man, I like to save because everybody wants to save and they maximize their profits. And here is my bait. Okay. I'm clicking on that link and it's an infected link because of that PDF file. It contains just, you know, malicious code. And we are done. One click. Jay, you're talking about phishing here, right? Yes. That's pretty much uh, phishing. Exactly. Just that's pretty much just just using email and just trying to bait. It spells like a PH phishing. It's not phishing, F-F-I-S-H, but it's got the same sense. You just cast, you just uh, cast the net or you cast just the bait and somebody's going to bait it. And imagine just, it's not just you, but also just your employees are getting bombarded like with this. I read an article that said that it's the most common kind of cyber attack phishing. We're getting sucked into it, if that's not the proper term. Listen, I also want to make sure that we talk about how we go forward if we get a security breach, Jay. And I mean, to the point where if we click in and somebody comes inside, Chris, Stan, any experience of friends, your own companies at all, many of the clients that you do business with, Stan, that have had themselves a nightmare of a time. And I hear it costs a ton of money, ton of time. It doesn't take like you can fix it tomorrow. Sometimes it takes an awful long time to recover. Yeah, that's one of the things while we don't necessarily specialize in cyber ser- services or IT services, but as an operation consulting group, we always try to help our clients kind of understand what is the competitive process you have to have in place if something breaks. And with all the advancement in technologies we've got today, POS, CRM, marketing platforms, DVI, DVI is a big one. And they go and they install these systems. They get great help from the partner they bought it from, but they really don't know if their infrastructure or their security is set up properly properly to handle that. And I think the biggest thing we struggle with is when we have clients going through those transitions, and this is really great for Jay and Chris, is who do they turn to? Who helps them go through this vetting process, right? What I don't know. I say that all the time. And so I think it's real important to really not only really think about Outside of just installing something, how is that going to impact my infrastructure? How is that going to affect security? Who's going to have access to it? DVI now is communicating third party outside of our network with our clients. And they're sending it. And I see Chris shaking his head. He knows exactly where I'm, I'm probably heading with this. And we don't know. It is very reactive. That's the problem is these things happen and we get into a reactive state. And the biggest thing that we're challenged with is, okay, how do I keep my business running if I have a security breach, if my network goes down. And so, so much of what we're trying to help folks with, Carm, is don't forget pencil and paper, (laughs) just in case. Don't forget the old way of doing things because I've experienced the networks go down and it stops business. And especially when you're in the cloud and when you're running DVI, I mean, you're you're 100% relying on all of that technology. And 10 years ago, you weren't. I have to make a comment about a, uh, a show that I saw where the QR code to get the menu for the restaurant didn't work and they had no backup paper. Yeah. Then you had to go to the website and try to scroll and find the menu 
And to your point, Stan, it's exactly how do we recover if this happens? Those scenarios have got to be part of your SOP. Absolutely. It's going to happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's totally that. It's not, oh, I'll get lucky and it will happen to me. I promise you, it's going to happen. The more you rely upon all of this technology, which is great, helps us be highly efficient and push cars through more, we are vulnerable. And shop owners just don't know how vulnerable they are. And as a consulting group, we're asked this all the time. And so it's great to know that we've got partners out there like Jay and Chris that are industry experts, they're content experts that can really help, I think, educate our industry karma on, hey man, here's, you got to really take a look at this and you got to try to get in a proactive state. That's the biggest thing, Jay and Chris, that we struggle with is how do we move people in a proactive state with all of these things? Now I have to comment, Carm, because you gave us so much, Stan. That was wonderful. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you have your local network and you have all your software running your local network and somebody clicks on the wrong link and then you get some Trojan horse in there and now they're asking you for $10,000 per seat to unlock your computer so all your stuff is held hostage, right, via ransomware, or you trust in the cloud provider. And hopefully the cloud provider understands. And if they are true cloud, Stan, a lot of people, I hear this. Before everybody was cloud, nobody was cloud. Now everybody's cloud. And I'm like, are you really cloud? No, are you really leveraging, you know, HA, high availability, you have multiple networks, or you have redundancy? Do you have when one system goes down or one area goes down in your AWS zone, do you, do you transfer over to the other zone? And then what is the information that your vendor is holding for you? Are they holding PCI compliant type information, right? Or the, the credit card information? What about PII, personal identifiable information? Yeah, car, more acronyms, lots of acronyms, right? There's so many different things. And, it, and you really should stand, you're right, to ask the vendor to say, hey, what does it mean to be in the cloud? And what does it mean? And, and how do you protect the information? And what happens if you do get hacked? What kind of information are these villains going to get or these bad actors going to get out of the system if they do get hacked? And I've been in rooms too where other vendors, the sales guys have been in there and they've been asked this question. A lot of guys don't understand. Don't and understand they say, it. Yeah, we have passwords. And I'm like, well, they're asking for, you know, do you use, do you do network penetration tests? Do you do code penetration tests, pin tests is what we call them. Is your data encrypted at rest? Like I'm throwing out a bunch of geeky stuff, Carm, because sure. that's what we have to make sure we do when we work with a lot of the bigger companies. They have these security questionnaires that they have you fill out and you better know what's happening to your data and you better know where it's at. And unfortunately, the small shop owner, the individual shop owner, we really aren't equipped to ask those questions because we really don't know what questions to ask. But those are all great questions, Stan. Damned if you go to the cloud, but you're damned if you stay local because either one of them could go down, your redundancy or network could go down if you don't have redundancy in your network. Lots of places to go with that, Carmen. I just puked a whole bunch of things out. <laughs> Well, that's why you're here, Chris, to challenge our think. I mean, this is a deep think episode. I'm not sure we're going to have every answer for you that you're going to have to reach out on your own and figure this out, talk to your vendors. But we can't give you every scenario, Jay. It reminds me of those life insurance commercials where the wife goes to the husband and says, you know, it's too bad about Charlie. They didn't have life insurance. But we do, don't we? And he says, no, <laughs> this is cybersecurity right here. We have to deliberately do something about it. We've been involved in many, many just incident responses. It means just company got hacked. And the worst part of this, right, looking at the owner, looking at the eyes of the owner. Because I'm a business owner, I can feel it. This is your baby. 
that just you were growing in pain and it was your joy. And then just there is a life at risk. You don't know just if you're going to be back in business tomorrow. I know just one business owner said just if there's going to be a couple more days, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. This is the worst part. And his daughter came in and said, just uh, looking at all of this. And then she asked, Daddy, am I going to go to college next year? Because it's just a it matter just how simple it could be. Just it could happen. So the most important part right now, just you actually take some actions. You have, for example, security cameras. You have your business insurance. So you have to just uh, also take steps in this direction because it's not like back in 30 years ago, right? When it was not important. But technology, it just, that's what we live on right now. It's our tool that we actually just could help your business and grow exponentially because you can automate it. You can do so many wonderful things, but also just it's a potential threat as well. So you have to take steps because as Stan mentioned, just I love this phrase. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, because it's going to happen. And small businesses, it's a number one target for uh, cyber criminals. So what kind of backups do we have to have, guys? Backup, backup, backup of the backup. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a song. It's a song. Okay. <laughs> it's a song. Redundancy, redundancy, redundancy. Another song. Yeah. Jay, do you ever find when things come in, you or Chris, when something comes into the network, have you seen it where we'll get in and corrupt the backup? Because you've got the backup plugged into the network. So yeah, I've had that question pop up where there was a bug or there was a virus or there was some type of spam going on that got through the filter uh, and then it got into the network. How often do you see those things happen? I haven't seen that happen. And I'm not a network guy. I've not, I haven't seen it happen in my shops. I haven't seen it. Most of what I run to is cloud-based. I'm a believer in, you know, whether it be you know, Microsoft, you're talking about Office or whatever it's called now, or I use Google. I use the Google uh, suite of documents. So I really don't have anything local anymore in on my network. So I'm relying on Google. I'm relying on other products out there that I'm assuming are doing their due diligence and assuming that they are doing the backups. I could talk about my DVI company and my workflow company that we do. We take hourly backups. So is it possible that we get corrupted in a backup and a backup and a backup? Yeah, but then we've got days we can go back. We got weeks we can go back. We got months. And that's to you guys' tune, Carm. The song is, yeah, you back up, you back. If you just have one backup, I promise you, backup is corrupted. It's the one that you need is not the one that's going to work. So you better have 10 of them because that's always the way it works in security. Tired of software solutions that don't get the job done? Well, Shopware is an auto repair shop management solution created by a shop owner for shop owners. With Shopware, you can digitally track jobs in real time, optimize parts pricing, and transform your business. Shopware unlocks your customer data and streamlines it for you. And with Shopware, time-consuming tasks like estimate writing can become automated. Now, you've got the data, so why not put it to work? You don't have time to write the same estimate over and over. Shopware also lets you run your business on the cloud and paper-free. Our exclusive tech app means your technicians can accept transfer and track jobs on their phones. They can spend more time under the hood and less time scrolling through emails or shuffling through paperwork. If you want to save money, save time, and make your customers happy, try Shopware today. Schedule a free demonstration at GetShopware.com to see Shopware in action. As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side 
for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles. And safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. Chris, you said everything's cloud-based that you do. Okay, I get that. And then, Jay, I get this email, and I got fished, and somehow the computer, and thank God I've never had this happen to me, could happen tomorrow now that I'm saying it, but if all of a sudden I can't log in, yet everything's cloud-based, it's fine, but will not let me run my business the way I normally would like to run it. Is that something that we can buy insurance for, that we can find a network specialist within hours? Because my business exists over here in this cloud, but I can't get at it. Yes. Okay. So there are multiple angles. First of all, like a good saying, and for all the people that serve, first of all, thank you for your service. And you probably know this. One is none, two is one. Okay, just simple stuff. You have to have just a backup plan for everything. We're talking about so many things right now, but the best thing to do is to make a baby steps. And if you're aware of this, just that you're not going to be scared because like in anything else, you eat elephant piece by piece. So regarding the backups, regarding the backups, the most important part is just uh, you have to have two, uh, two, two backups. And normally just uh, something that you just have it locally because you can restore it very quickly. And also just something that just not a backup or backup of the backup. So just uh, for any kind of cloud storage, maybe it's going to take a little bit longer to pull it down from the cloud. But normally just that's what you want to do. And also just a good test, you have to verify them because something could get corrupt. And as a result, just you're going to be dead in the water when you really, really need it. There are many tools that you can have it automated. So you're not going to have any headaches to do manually or things like that. Again, it just, you know, it's a part of that little steps, baby steps. And probably just your IT support, your IT consultant can really help you with this. However, you really have to bring up the question to your IT just to support. Where are we at in cybersecurity? Because if your IT guy doesn't do any cybersecurity work or doesn't have any kind of proactive it's time to bring this question and ask them. The reason why, even if you have a cybersecurity insurance and there is a third party involved that just manages that, in the case, God forbid, if something happens, there's going to be lots of finger pointing going on. And there could be just a clause of you know neglect or malpractice. And as a result, there's going to be a lawsuit and you will be dragged into it. And you're going to spend so much money and you will be spending just so many hours that you can spend working on your business instead of just being dragged into this. But the most important part is, I would say, talk to your IT specialist about cybersecurity measures 
and what is being done. If he's got no clue, it's time to just reconsider. If and the most important is to have cybersecurity insurance. Yes, it's going to cost you, but it's going to it's a cost of doing business nowadays. That's a great way of putting it, Jay. I had someone ask me, well, I've got an IT guy. Doesn't that cover it? And I said, no, there's difference between IT support and network security. And you got to understand that they're two different things. <laughs> and again, it gets back to you don't know what you don't know. And you, you got to figure out how to vet these things out and ask these questions to, again, stay in a proactive state versus reactive. Can you maybe touch Jay or Chris on the difference between IT support and network security firm? What are the primary differences in those types in those two groups? Normally, just all IT uh, companies, they're normally called just managed service providers or UIT guy. They should evolve in not just IT support, just that helps your business. You know, just if you have a printer problem, if you have Wi-Fi problems that you call and just uh, and they resolve this, right? They should have cybersecurity on their list and it should be number one priority nowadays. Okay. Mm. If they haven't involved to this point, again, it's just time to just uh, have a good conversation with them and as well as just take action. If they not planning on doing something like that or they don't know, it's time to change. Because again, your business and your income and your employees are on the line, their livelihood is on the line. So you have to be responsible in that regard. So that's why if they don't do it, they have to do it or you have to find somebody else. As I was listening to this last 10 minutes, I wrote down this. Where do we find a specialist? What do we search for? And then, Jay, you came up and said managed service provider. And then you also said IT consultant. So I'm wondering if they're both in the same, if a managed service provider has a cybersecurity level division team, because I'm going to assume 51% of the people that are listening to this just want to know what we're talking about. Help tell me where to go to get this, to do a review of my system. I don't want to lose my business. To your point about college for my kids, my God, I can't lose my business. And today, as vulnerable as a damn accident on the highway with something like that killing and crushing our business, managed service provider, IT consultant, and then we've got to interview them to find out if they're worth their salt to hire them to come on. Yes, absolutely. IT, right? Just uh, IT is a very, very wide field. It could be software, it could be consulting, just it could be just uh, support, it could be just uh, managed deployment services. It's a very wide definition. So I would say you have to have a conversation. It depends where you're at. Big city just would probably be a lot easier to find uh, who does cybersecurity. And normally they're called managed security service provider. So it's evolved from MSP, managed service provider, to managed security service provider. If you're working in a small town or just uh, in, in a rural area, just, uh, well, normally it would be just probably your IT guy. But actually that IT guy could have just a very good knowledge about cybersecurity. But again, the challenge is going to be Team versus one person. When you have a team, just you have redundancy. You have very quick just access to the knowledge base of not one person, but the team that could be scaled on the tiers and the levels that just could back you up and just could review your business and help your business from a different perspective. But if it's one person, I believe just there are so many talented, just great guys that just are very knowledgeable in IT and very 
personal and easy to work with because just you're there, a probo, just your kids are going to the same school with his kids and just they're part of the community. They're part of their, of where you live. So it depends. It's just a matter of having conversation and like Carm, you said, just having a good talk and have interview. Hey, just what do we do? What can you do to help me to protect my business? Hey, Chris, from your perspective as a shop owner and from Autoflow, what would you recommend to other shop owners on how often they should change their passwords, talk about, update, review their firewalls? What's your discipline? It's interesting, Carm, because we set it and forget it. We complain about paying our IT service provider or managed or network security provider. We It's just one more cost to us. And as business owners, we're like, do we really need this? And then as both Stan and Jay have alluded, yeah, eventually you do. Eventually you're going to get caught. So it's des- it's absolutely a, a cost that we should pay for. And we should take the time to understand w- what it means to our business. Because I'm going to tell you, I try and do a review once a year, CARM, changing passwords every month. Some applications make you charge it in 30 days. I think some are like 14 days. Depends on the application. I'd suggest at least for business owners, like once a year, I like once a year type things. Make sure all your network, firewall, all talk to your IT provider or your service provider or you know network provider and say, hey, is everything updated? Is all my equipment updated? Is all my fireworks, all my patches in? Let me go reset my network passwords. I'm sure there are many shops out there that have never reset their customer Wi-Fi password or their internal network password. Yeah, they've gone and segmented out their networks, but they've never changed the passwords. And the longer that you keep a password, unfortunately, the easier it is, right, that eventually it's going to get hacked. It's going to get cracked somehow. So I would say at least once a year, you're sitting down with your provider and you're saying, hey, is everything updated? A lot of times you'll see this too, Carm. I walk into shops and you'll see that the desktops aren't updated. You, just, you see the, the right hand in the corner of the computer and it's got all these red symbols. And not just one, it's multiple. And if you mouse over those, it's like, yeah, firewalls vulnerable, uh, patches updates needed, 30 patches behind. And the reason why we don't do it is because it takes time, right? It goes down for a little while. And the longer we wait, the more it stacks up. So then we really don't want to do it. And this is tablets, CARM. This is computers. You can walk into any shop guaranteed any day and you'll just see just a myriad of like, oh, this is bad. I don't know this is true or not. And when I talk security with other people, I'm like, I don't want to be faster than the bear. I just want to be faster than the guy next to me. So if my shop's (laughs) a little more secure than Jay's shop, they're going to hack Jay's shop. Hopefully I have enough in place where Jay put on his black hat. The guy goes, you know what? Chris got some cameras. His firewall's up to date. He's using 2FA. His people aren't opening up the friendly emails. But you know what? Jay's shop is. So I'm going after them. So I think if we educate our people, we just do the minimal things, Carm. I think that it just, it adds, let's go back to the castle analogy. Does your moat have water or did you forget to put water in your moat? Because if your moat doesn't have any water or crocodiles, you know, because you neglected it, then it really doesn't serve a purpose. That's great. Managed security service provider. Now that's the search. Jay, thanks for clearing that up for us on that. Thank you for that. So when I think back to something that Jay said earlier about fishers or hackers are looking, using AI to try to hack in, and if they could run all the things that they would know about you and profiles and short words and codes and stuff that that they throw in AI to try to break into your system, it almost behooves you, as painful as it is, team, to change those passwords at least monthly. Now, we are all using phones and tablets. A lot of our technicians 
have a laptop, a big screen, a tablet, their phone, all of these vulnerable uh, tools that can get inside? Yeah, just to be honest with you, just uh, again, every endpoint uh, could be a vulnerability in your network. Your Wi-Fi, for example, just if you have a guest Wi-Fi, because everybody wants to have a free Wi-Fi while they're in the shop waiting on their vehicle being worked on, right? Just uh, they want to browse the internet. So if Wi-Fi network is not separated, actually just having the name like auto shop guest network doesn't mean it's just it's separated the traffic could go through the same channels as the rest of your traffic on your network and in that case it's an open door hackers could come in and just uh, they have access to your network right away your security cameras if you have just ip security cameras sometimes just you know the the company that put those cameras in they might not even reset the passwords they have default passwords admin admin or admin blank password or something like default one as a result just somebody could connect and use that to get even further on your network for example just uh, we talked about phishing you might not even feel effect that you got hacked for quite some time and you know just you receive it probably just each one of us already received some sort of letter of some sort of breach from one company even big companies equifax got hacked while back Imagine, huge company, but so much data was stolen, it was insane. So you have to be also aware of this. If, for example, if there was a breach or leak in one of your, like, for example, just you shop at one big stores and on Amazon. And, for example, Amazon had a breach and they leaked their username and passwords. As a result, just uh, they go into dark web. Then just it's all somebody pays for it. And then just just the floodgates are open. Everybody's going and trying to just get in that account. And unfortunately, lots of people reuse the same passwords because it's such an ease. We're going to have the same password, same email, same password for Amazon service, whatever, for our email, for our Walmart account, for whatever, across many platforms. And as a result, just that's it. You have so many holes in your ship that you don't know which one to plug or you don't even know that you have such an account. As a result, just you're going down like Titanic very, very quickly. So the first step, and I would just uh, plead you guys, just uh, please do this. Don't do old school, but get a password manager. Don't use the built-in uh, uh, your browser because it's very vulnerable, but just get a paid version of password manager. It's a technology and you have to use it because it's going to help you to generate unique password for each account of your service. And as a result, it's going to be easy to hack whatever that hack is going to come from, either from the company where you have services or from you. This is the easiest and three bucks a month or five bucks a month for the service. It's worth it. It's going to also save you headaches and pain remembering millions and millions of passwords for your online services. Well, millions, i just <laughs> joking about it, but you know what I mean, just because it feels like so many of them. So you have to have account for this, you have to account for that. So that's probably just the easiest step that you can just uh, make toward just securing. Plus, password manager is going to remind you, it's time to reset your password. Or even some password managers are going to say, hey, we detected a leak in the dark web that you, uh, please take action. You have to reset password for all these accounts or you have weak passwords for all these accounts because they could be easily hacked within what, seven minutes and you're done. 
I would recommend at least 13 characters for your password's length. Because otherwise, whatever is less than 13, it could be hacked either within minutes or within just a couple hours. That's great advice. Great takeaway. Look, I need to go back to the customer Wi-Fi password. And to your point, if it's if it's inside the network, even though there's a separate password, maybe there's a chance where somebody could be sitting outside on their tablet, on their laptop, trying to hack into your business. So do you recommend a separate router for just the customer Wi-Fi? Well, there are different uh, ways how you can do that. Because if uh, somebody is knowledgeable, if your IT support just is knowledgeable about network, they could just break down the path, right? Just let's put it this way. Just uh, it's going to go through a different channel. Okay. Yeah. Just say it's uh, called VLAN and virtual LAN local air network. And as long as your equipment is compatible with this. Okay. Or it could be dedicated public IP, just separate modem. It's more costly. But again, many things, right? With security, it's always a play, right? Either just you're going to increase security and you're going to sacrifice with convenience or you go with convenience of use and just pretty much you're sacrificing security. So, but technology has got already tools like, for example, password manager that's going to simplify your life. Many things could be simplified as long as you know how to use the tool. And your IT also just knows how to use the tool. They recommend the proper equipment and they see the bigger picture and from security standpoint, and they could just make it happen without incurring additional cost. What some great takeaways here. 13 character passwords, managed security service provider, which would be the search you would want to have. Change our passwords often and boy, and backups, redundant backups, Jay. And Chris, let me ask you this. I have Autoflow, your software in my company. You are a cloud-based company. Am I 100% secure with your software knowing that if I was hacked and I got back in, everything that I was looking for is still going to be there? And 2FA, you forgot 2FA, Carb. Make sure you yeah. add that to the list. Let's make everything 2FA. So are you 100% safe when it comes to our information that we protect or are you 100% safe if your network gets hacked? And well, so we can turn on 2FA in our tool and we suggest that, right? We suggest, and I think we have even, you can force companies to set a minimum of 16 characters for passwords. I think the more characters, the better, right, Jay? I think that Absolutely. is kind of what it amounts to. As far as us being protected, like I mentioned some things earlier when it comes to software providers, is is the data, is it encrypted at rest? That's that's a question that gets asked a lot. What type of information is being secured? What type of, are your passwords encrypted server level? What type of information is getting transferred through APIs to other customers or other third parties, which is always important. Like Jay said, so a lot of companies, when it comes to data, it's that's kind of the now big play, and that's where a lot of the money comes in. So a lot of companies will actually sell your data for money, and you don't even know that, right? So these are questions you should ask vendors. Do we sell data? No, we don't sell our data to other people. We make sure we do yearly or annually. We have our pin tests. We have our network tests, which means that we hire independent third parties to come in, and they do things like, okay, is your software vulnerable for cross-site scripting and some other things that allow 
entry, just data fields, like hacking data fields to where they can get data in, or they can spoof a user to go get information from another shop, from one shop. So there's all kinds of different ways. And then at the network level, what ports are vulnerable? And then anybody who does any type of payment processing on property, which most of us do, right? One of the things that you should be doing is a security scan every quarter, I think is what the companies require or PCI requires. And they'll ask you what type of ports are open and why are these ports open? And, you know, making sure that there are not vulnerable ports. Because like Jay said, and this is very important, whenever somebody sends you a router or they send you a piece of information or equipment, it's probably coming with whatever standard or whatever default. And that may be secure and it may not be so secure. And that's why it's super important to, I'll tell you this, Carm, at all the software or all the firewalls, all the uh, touch points or all the network pieces of equipment at the shops, none of them are stock, right? It plugs into the, whatever the cable company sends us, or Verizon company, and then it plugs into ours. So immediately it goes into our firewall, goes into our secure equipment, because what they send is typically not very secure. And a lot of shops just run on the modem or not modem, whatever, the switch or whatever the network companies send them. And it's typically not very secure or robust. You mentioned third-party APIs. Got to know more about that. I mean, to me, I just don't get that. Help us define that a little bit. They're really actually a great way for technology to communicate. It's the bridge between two pieces of software. So it's actually really good because before you might have to give access to the database or the data via view, or you just might give somebody access to the database just raw. And that just opens you up for all kinds of vulnerabilities. APIs, application programming interfaces, actually allow you to limit what a company can get. And there's an authentication piece and that you have to, there's a couple of different ways you can do authentication through APIs. And some could be time-based. A lot of the new stuff is very time-based. It's, it's look, you get a token and you get this much time to be able to communicate. That way, if somebody goes and gets, I'm going to go super geeky, gets a hold of that session information and tries to hack you later on, that the other company goes, nope, that's already invalid. Like you can't use that password again or this whatever, let's just call it a password for all, all sake and point. So APIs are a great way to limit the amount of data between two systems, I think is the important piece. Now, once again, how the two systems authenticate is important. Who has access to the API is important. What type of, you can also bring down systems through different, we didn't even talk about that, right? Yeah, you back up systems, but could we be, there's all kinds of different attacks that can happen just where you overrun cloud-based systems because you just make thousands and tens and hundreds of thousands of calls and basically bring them down because of that. So APIs are a great way to talk, but sometimes they can be, once again, like Jay pointed out, just one more piece that somebody can hack and get information that you're unaware of. And then one more thing before we kind of wrap this up and we could go on for two or three hours because I, you have got my attention. I mean, I am all in on this discussion. The dark web. I mean, I, you've mentioned it a couple of times, Chris, and people say, go check yourself out on the dark web. I'm afraid to. Everybody is, and you should be. There's a lot of companies out there too, LifeLock and, and some of these other ones. They actually become important. Yeah, everybody should have their credit monitor. There's free credit monitoring services out there, but then there's also things that monitor. And just like Jay said, you know, as soon as somebody gets hacked, one of these big companies gets hacked, it goes, this information goes out there and it's pay to play. And then what you get is all these, hackers going and just buying just incredible information about you. Now, we touched on this too. We give it away. A lot of what we have now, we give away on Facebook and LinkedIn and we give it away on all these social platforms. So some of the dark web, it's like, no, we're giving it away in the regular web. But that's exactly where people go for these things that 
are vulnerable. Jay brought up the using a third-party password provider, which I agree, but even one of those got hacked, right? So now they, they're going to clean themselves much, much quicker, right? And they're going to know where they get hacked. But the dark web is just one of those places where you can buy anything and everything, Carmen. You need a liver, you need a kidney, <laughs> you need somebody's password. It's all there, right? You don't want to go there. You don't want to know about it, but it is there. And, and it is a dark place for everything illegal that could ever happen. You got to know how to find it. You got to know where to go. You know, you're not going to be able to Google dark web and find the dark web. The people on the dark web know, you remember the old BBBs, uh, bulletin boards and stuff like that. So, you know, they're setting up servers and things constantly shifting the landscape. Now, there are websites you can go to that will lead you to, directly there and open doors for it. But we won't discuss that right now. That should be another episode. <laughs> I'm not even sure we need to know that. That's a need to know basis, right? Don't be curious enough to go to the dark web. Just run your business. <laughs> Just know what's out there. You know, Carm, this has been a great podcast. I've always about SOPs. And that's a lot of what we do is coming up with good standard operating procedures. And having an IT and security SOP is right at the top of the list. And I wrote down a few takeaways today that I thought were really great to add that. Number one, don't cut yourself short on the budget. Don't put this at the bottom of the budget because it is probably right there at the top. As Jed, think Jay said, you know, don't shortcut your IT support and go with the cheap guy. Get someone knows what they're doing. Might cost you a little bit more, but what's it worth? And putting in managed services, I think one of the things either Chris or Jay had shared was update your software. These are all good SOPs. And I think every shop, again, we're one, two man operations out there. So it's really hard to do everything when it's one guy. And so one of the things we try to help folks do is just Create your SOPs and categorize them as the most important ones to stay on top of. You know, do you need to look at your IT and security every single day? No, but you should be touching it at least every 30 days. Certain things, as Chris said, to look at every six months or even once a year. But I think for me, a really good takeaways today was outline that SOP and then get with an industry expert and validate it. Hey, did I miss anything on this list? Someone like Jay. Hey, Jay, here's the things that I heard on Carm's podcast. Did I miss anything? And when should I be going back and looking at this stuff? And so great, great takeaways. Chris and Jay, thank you so much for the insights. Thank you. Great summary from Stan Stokes. Jay, I'll let you have your last word. And then Chris, as we relate to our great audience of shop owners and all aftermarket automotive professionals. But before you go, don't forget about the castle. I think that is such a great analogy of words. You've got the bridge and the moat has to have alligators and water. Right. And then you've got all these separate roadways or laneways inside the castle that could get you lost on purpose if you were a hacker. And then the 2FA and all these other great things. So we helped people on this podcast realize that they just can't sit on the sidelines when it comes to watching and managing their cybersecurity. Jay, your final word. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Just It's been an honor to be here. I just want to share that because it's just, it's dear to me to see just what's going on. And, you know, unfortunately, just especially just in such many things are going on in the world, just uh, we're being targeted. American businesses are being targeted by foreign entities and just they look at us as uh, open ATMs. And as a result, just our economy just gets suffered. Just and the most important, just families and their lives. Okay. So I would say this again, we talked about many things and many things probably were unknown or just sounded too geeky, but you are a business owner. And all successful business owners, they execute. They start doing little by little, okay? They take just little steps. So whatever you've heard from here about passwords, about 
two-phase, MFAs, about just uh, many other things, cybersecurity insurance and things like that. Take one little step and maybe just commit yourself to do another step, even just if it's going to be next month. Start digging that moat or start putting just that wall brick by brick. And as a result, this game pretty much is to minimize your risk as a business owner, okay? If you're going to implement your password manager, you're minimizing your risk already. You're going to add another layer and then another layer and so on and so on. As a result, you will look back and you will be amazed how much you went through and just uh, you're going to be successful than anybody else. But again, my suggestion is take baby uh, baby steps and execute. Thank you, Jim Mikulovich. Revival Technology LLC. And I think one of your points was the password manager. Stay, Chris, I think you may have said it. Stay away from the browser-based ones, right? Someone, someone said that. That was a good one. Chris, summarize it up for us. Any final words? My final word is, is once again, just don't be faster than the bear. Be faster than the guy next to you. <laughs> I put cameras on my house a long time ago. Half of them didn't even work. And people were like, and my wife's like, why are you putting cameras on the house that work? And I said, because our neighbors don't have them, right? And the thief is going to think twice about hitting this house versus the neighbor's house. Of course, now everybody has cameras. And I think that's to Jay's point, right? Start where you can. Make sure those updates are there. Make sure your firewall's there. Eat that elephant one bite at a time. But just make sure that if they're going to come looking for somebody to hack, that they're finding the easy guy and you're not the vulnerable one. All right, I'm going to buy cameras and I'm going to go buy a castle. <laughs> Jay, you're going to have to come to my castle and wire it. Uh, I would love to. I would love to. <laughs> this was great. Thank you so much, Stan, Jay, and Chris. Network Security protecting your business way too long. It was three years since we did a show like this, and we've got to commit to doing it yearly. I think this is the kind of dialogue our industry needs to realize what they need to do to protect themselves, their business, their families, their lives. Guys, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Carm. Thanks, Carm. Yeah, thank you all. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.